0: And welcome once again to another edition of A Plain Answer here at Redeemer Broadcasting. I'm Dan Elmendorf. Today I'm talking with John Freeman. He is founder and ministry liaison of Harvest USA. John, it's an honor to have you on with us today.
1: Dan, it's great to be here with you.
0: I found out about you through a mutual friend, Jerry Wiss, and um, we do broadcast work together. Um, Your ministry, John, looks very interesting and very helpful to people. And I'd like you to describe what is Harvest USA all about.
1: Yes, Dan, uh, I started Harvest USA 33 years ago while I was a seminary student at Westminster Seminary. And uh, we have a t- 2 prong emphasis at Harvest USA. One, we're a ministry of truth and mercy to the increasing number of individuals, families, youth, students, people in the churches who are struggling with different types of sexual brokenness, uh, pornography and sexual addiction, homosexuality, and people dealing with same-sex attraction. So that's part of our life-on-life Life ministry. In fact, if you came into the office here, you would find uh, eight Bible study support groups that, that I meet here every week. Plus, we have planted about 15 what we call partner ministries in churches around the country and have about another 12 right now in the pipeline. So that's our life-on-life our Life and helping churches be in life-on-life ministry. The second part of our emphasis is to be an educational resource to the body of Christ uh, regarding issues of sex and sexuality. Mm. And that takes, takes form of uh, books, uh, mini-books, newsletters, uh, seminar presentation in local churches.
0: Well, it sounds very good. Um, I'm sitting here thinking there's a segment of people, I would imagine, that, that know that uh, they're in trouble— maybe their marriage is on the rocks or they're completely confused um disoriented but yet there's another segment that feels uh, particularly in terms of uh gender confusion let me use that word yes. that they're they're perfectly fine they're happy uh they're having parties together they're getting together in fact there's a lot of fellowship in such groups absolutely have you found that it's difficult to uh communicate with folks who feel so good about themselves? <laughs> Put it that way.
1: It can be, and you hit up on something really important, Dan. We're seeing this, uh, what I would call, kind of celebration of gender confusion, and, and many people would not even call it confusion. We see we're seeing that, of course, outside the, the church, but we're also increasingly starting to see it inside the church as well. Uh, and so that does exist. And uh, one of the things I guess that makes it. Difficult on some level, although it didn't seem to be difficult for Jesus, is that uh, people's stories often drive their theology. And one of the things we're finding is, and that's true across the board usually with anything, but especially with issues so deep as sex and sexuality, that people's struggles and pain often forge and form a theology that's inconsistent with with historic biblical theology, but it's understandable.
0: Yeah. A while ago we, we interviewed a lady who had been marvelously converted to Christ and was uh, a lesbian. And one thing we noted and she told us about was how important it was for the Christian community to befriend her, to invite her into their lives and to uh, thereby help her and demonstrate the love of
1: Christ. Well, yes, that's extremely important, Dan. Um, and you see, again, we love to use the model of Scripture. And you see Jesus doing that all over the place in the Gospels. He will go into into places many of the religious leaders fear, fear to tread to become involved with, and yet not compromise his beliefs, become involved with strugglers and sinners and people living all kinds of lifestyles. And I think that's important. It, it, it's hard, though. It doesn't come first nature to people. Uh, in the Church, I think you really have to work hard at what I call disseminating mercy to those who have different beliefs than you do, especially in this very energized, high-profile topics of gender.
0: Yeah, yeah. I started talking about this first. It was just on the top of my mind, but um, your ministry um, deals with people from all walks of life and administers the grace of God, and uh, just quick, your website is harvestusa.org. What about, let me just change the subject for a moment, if I may, to something that is very secretive in in particularly men's lives, and that is pornography, and it has a terribly destructive influence. Can you describe how you help men caught up in this uh, web of pornography?
1: Sure. First of all, uh, Dan, I think this is the malady of our day. Uh, not only in the culture, but also with with men in the church. If you read any of the statistics out there, uh, the statistical uh, numbers of men dealing with pornography in in what I call the world and the church is not that different. Uh, and so these these are things today that you don't even have to go looking for. You know, when I was younger, you'd have to go to a store, face a clerk or something, and buy that Playboy magazine or whatever. Today, there are 27 million pornography websites on the internet. Mm-hmm that uh, to borrow the, the language of Genesis 4, uh, sin is there, and, it, and it's seeking you out. You don't have to seek it out. It wants to get you. Uh, and so first of all, the, I think what has to happen is people have to, men have to start to believe that they want something better. Uh, I think men especially live in a lot of guilt and shame. Uh, in fact, can I mention my book? Oh, please, yes. Yeah. I wrote a book about a year and a half ago called Hide or Seek, When Men Get Real with God About Sex. And what I saw, Dan, was that uh, thankfully more churches are beginning their own church-based help for men uh, in the form of a support group or uh, integrity group, sexual integrity group. But uh, when I was speaking at a church one time, uh, that that told me they had 1,000 men over 21 in their church, I asked how many men are coming for help to your group, and they said about a dozen. Mm-hmm. And I just about fell over because I thought statistically there would be at least a hundred men there. Uh, and one of the things I realized is while there are resources out there now, and we have some of those resources at Harvest, once a person starts saying, okay, I have to look at this intently with my heart, because really all uh, the sin behind the sin issues that fuel pornography are, are really heart issues. But I realized the shame and guilt often keeps men from taking their first step. So I wrote hide or seek in order to help men see that they, number one, that the gospel was still for them. Number two, that God could do something personal and powerful in their lives, no matter how hopeless they are. And three, they had to take the first step in coming into the light. Uh, and that's what has to happen to answer your first question. Yeah. Men have to be willing and courageous enough to trust somebody to take that first step and say, you need to know this about me. Uh, it's, it's been in my life for years. I, I feel like I can't get out of it.
0: That's right. This website, harvestusa.org, there's a subtitle here, Caring for Sexually Hurting People in Jesus' Name. Um, so our... Listeners can go to that site. Uh, What are some of the things in terms of helps that they will find there?
1: Well, uh, you can read people's stories on that website. You can also hit, uh, we have a resources bookstore that has about, we've written about 15 mini-books and three or four uh, other books that that people would find helpful. Uh, In fact, there are about 20 churches right now, I think, using my book, Hide or Seek, and, and they started what they call Hide or Seek Groups for Men. You will also find about 50 or 60 articles that our staff has written, and that's under our blog. There are articles for uh, men and women dealing with pornography, wives of men dealing with issues. There are uh, articles for parents uh, who have a son or daughter who has embraced a uh, homosexual identity. And and by the way, uh, Dan, that's the biggest growing facet of our ministry right now is to parents. But you can also go to that website and sign up for our magazine that we send out twice a year that has great articles for people to read, both to understand these issues better, but to know how to help others as well.
0: Well, it looks wonderful. I wonder, John, if you can share, maybe you can't, but is there any story that comes to mind where the Lord has done a work in a person's life that they're willing to have shared with others?
1: Uh, Yes, I think about, uh, and I'll just use a pseudonym, with This guy because I, I didn't give permission to say it, but uh, yeah. I think of a guy named Stan who a few years ago came to our Bible study support group, and uh, it's interesting. He uh, he left that uh, meeting and he called me later on from the emergency room of the hospital, and what he had done is drove his car into a bridge abutment to kill himself. Uh, and this is a guy who struggled heavily with pornography since he was a child. He's about thirty-five years old, and when he called me, I said, "Well, I'm glad I'm glad you're okay." Uh, what was going on. so happened he had one of these Volvos where like 40 airbags popped out and he was okay. But he said something interesting. He said, John, tonight, after being in the Bible study for a couple of months, I realized that pornography wasn't my biggest issue, that there was so much there in my heart that held this in place, unbelief and sin, that I just lost hope. Uh, And you know, that's when people are more uh, apt to want to take their own life is when they have a, what I call a resource breakdown. He said, I just didn't see any way. He said, I saw the, the tunnel, but I didn't know how to get to the end of the tunnel. Mm. And so the, the uh, I hope... Now, everybody has to that, have that kind of breakthrough, hopefully in less dramatic
0: instances. Oh, yeah.
1: In uh, instances. But uh, he came back in, and through the months, he, he started... I remember one night I visited the group, and he said, I'm starting to see that Jesus just isn't a self-improvement program. Yeah. He's, he's a heart changer. He wants to radically deal with my heart. Yes. And... uh and you know, he admitted that he had uh, not tithed in years. He said some of his pornography usage took up four or five hundred dollars a month of his income. Oh my! And uh, because some of these places are free, but then they hook you in, into, into uh, you know payment. Uh, and so, in a Zacchaeus-like transformation, he said, "I've got to start giving back threefold mm. uh, to the Lord and to the church where I have just robbed them."
0: Boy, he was really serious.
1: He was really serious. Yes.
0: Yes. How is he doing today?
1: He is doing well today. Uh I think he actually he's moved to another state and uh, with a job that seems to be doing well. Hmm. He's living his life much more transparently, which is extremely important. Uh, you know, today, Dan, I'm asking men more and more, and this is men across the board. Where are the points of light in your life during the week? Where people really know you? Where if if something happened to you and you were at they were at your memorial service? they could all name some common themes in your life, and no one would be surprised. Mm -hmm. I think that is so so much the need of men today in our lives, Dan. Mm -hmm. Each one of those people might not know the total depth, but they would know the common themes.
0: Yes. Now, John, um, how can a man who hasn't been practicing transparency realizes the need? How can he take steps toward that?
1: Well, I think one of the things is... Uh, of course, to be honest with God is the first thing, and uh, at the throne of grace, uh, be as transparent as you can. But also, th- to think of someone in your life that you would trust, from uh, from what you know of them, what you've heard them say, what you've how you've heard them pray, uh, that you would trust to take that first step. It may be your pastor. Hopefully, it's your pastor. If it's not, it's someone else in your in your church that you trust, uh, and it often calls for taking a risk, Dan, you know, all growth involves taking risks, and this is one of those big risks a man has to take in order to start to deal with this.
0: Yes, makes sense. Well, today we're talking with John Freeman. He is the founder, ministry liaison for Harvest USA, and I would encourage our listeners to visit that website. And uh, we're talking about the ministry of working in people's lives, helping them basically become consistent Christians and love Jesus and deal with their addictions, uh, their sexual addictions. Um, Talk to us a little bit about the educational aspect. You mentioned one of your books. Are there other resources for people?
1: Yes, there's also, uh, in addition to my uh, book, Hide or Seek, which is a good book for men just starting to be honest, uh, one of our staff men, David White, wrote a book called Sexual Sanity for Men. Uh, That's a wonderful book. In fact, there are uh, several churches using that in their men's group. Uh, We have a a, a book called Sexual Sanity for Women written by our staff, Ellen Dykus. Uh, We're finding these issues, Dan, increasingly uh, impacting women as well. Uh, I know I preached at a church recently, and because I'm a guy, I talk in guy terms a lot. And after the service, this young woman of about 30 comes up and says, Mr. Freeman, I know you're a guy, but you need to start talking about this uh, and how it affects the women as well. Yes. And she, she gave me the story that she was 32 years old now, but she became uh, involved with pornography in college to please her boyfriend, which mm-hmm. is how a lot of women get into it. And she said, thankfully, I, I kind of dropped the guy because he didn't, I became a believer. But she said, it's taken me eight years to try to extract myself from my own struggle.
0: Mm.
1: And so this is impacting women increasingly as well. Yeah, And we do have, to go back to your question, there are, if you check out the mini-books, there, there are topics on, on many different issues. Uh, we have several now for parents, again, who have a son or daughter uh, who's embraced a gay lifestyle. Uh, one is called, What Do You Do When Your Child Says They're Gay? Mm-hmm. What Do You Do When Your Your Gay Child Says I Do? In other words, what do you, we're getting parents now who are saying, I'm being invited to my child's wedding now. What do I do? Right, Same-sex right. wedding.
0: Well, this is very helpful, and uh, some of these books are, are shorter form. They're what you call mini-books, I believe.
1: Yes, they're about 40, 50 pages, the mini-books.
0: So there's a number of them here. Um, I'm just looking at your website. Here's one, What's Wrong with a Little Porn When You're Married? Now, that that's a good title. Yeah. Um, what's Wrong with a Little Porn When You're Single? Um, can You Change if You're Gay? These are important questions, and uh, they're answered in these little mini-books. Again, the website is harvestusa.org. How did the Lord lead you, John, such that this ministry was initially started?
1: Well, I was, um, if you can't tell it by now from my accent, I'm from the South, even though I've lived in Philadelphia for 35 years, I'm (laughs) from Tennessee. And I came here with my wife to go to seminary 35 years ago, and my whole goal was to uh, get through seminary, hopefully go back south and be a pastor in a a local church. Mm Mm-hmm. But somewhere in my first year here, um, a professor had a profound impact on me, and his name was Harvey Kahn. He was a missions professor at Westminster, and you had to take missions classes that often talked about the philosophy of mission work around the world, like Asia, Africa, South America. Um, But one day he came in and said, today we're going to talk about a different mission field. We're going to talk about an unreached people and a hidden people. Now, those are missionary terms, you know. Uh, he went on then to say, and remember, this was 1983. He said the the biggest unreached people group in our culture today is the gay and lesbian community. Mm-hmm. He said because the church doesn't want have to have anything to do with them and says hands off. They're the fastest growing people group in America. But then he went on to define the hidden peoples. He said these are folks in our churches who, who are believers, are come to Christ, but they bring all the baggage, and struggle, and unresolved issues of their sexual history with them into their Christian life, and they don't know what to do with it because the Church doesn't talk about it
0: all. Right, right.
1: Yes. So here I was hearing some man I really respected, uh, and I loved all my seminary professors, but Harvey Kahn I respected more. He, had been, he and his wife had been missionaries to prostitutes for 20 years in Korea mm. before he became a seminary professor. Uh, and so when he spoke, you listened a little bit more intently. And I went up to him, and I said, Dr. Kahn, do you know anybody doing any kind of work in this area? And he said, no, I don't. But if there's any church that might be interested, it would be a church called 10th Presbyterian Church. Oh, yes. In downtown Philadelphia. And then he said, because everything that's hidden in the suburbs is right on their doorstep 24-7. <laughs> right, <laughs> it's a true. Big, a big downtown church. And uh, so I kind of put it on the back burner because I was married. I had a child. I was going to school. uh and couldn't think about one more thing, but the Lord just wouldn't let it go. And so about six months after that class, I called it down to Tenth Press and uh, st- uh, was talking to one of the ministers there, and they said, you know, your timing is, is impeccable. He said, at our session meeting last week, we just talked about how do we start ministry and reach out to our community. Oh, there you so go. They, said, they said, come on down and talk to us. And um, what happened is I, uh, we started Harvest USA. I was a volunteer leader. Mm-hmm. still going to school, and uh, we started outreaches from uh, from that time on. Oh, that's neat. Yes. And then there came a time when I was getting ready to graduate from school, and I was told the steering committee, I guess I've st- I need to start looking for a church. And one of the steering committee members asked me a question that changed my life. He said, John, if, what if this is what God wants you to do with your life? Mm. And so, of course, when somebody asks you that kind of question, you can't just dismiss it. And so I, I and my wife prayed on it for several months and decided this this may very well be what God wanted me to do, and that's been for 35 years mm-hmm. now.
0: I was just uh, going back, um, as you were talking here, just in the last minute, uh, looking at Romans 1, and uh, it has a long list of sins there and things that, that make God um, upset, let's put it that way. Yeah. Um, have, you, have you ever had the case where someone would come to you and say, Well, I know I need help. However, uh, Romans 1 tells me that um, God gave them up to vile passions. And and they misinterpret this, and they they feel that there's no hope for them, that there's no further grace possible.
1: Uh, Yes. And and the important thing to to, to remember about that is that God did not give up on them or us. Amen. It it means basically that, that... If we want something more than him, he will temporarily give it to us to show us how bankrupt our soul is. That's right. And and anyone out there struggling, and there are more people, I think, struggling with same-sex attraction today than ever, partly because of the early sexualization of our youth. Mm -hmm. Uh, They need to realize that that God cares about you, and he wants to deal very intimately and deeply with your life and your heart. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah,
1: That the gospel is for you.
0: Oh, that's a powerful message. The gospel is for you. I hope people hear that. Uh, earlier, I just quickly mentioned the, the idea of fellowship. Um, yes. Any, any guidelines there on fellowship and how that can be a bridge to getting help within the body of Christ?
1: Well, Dan, I think any time we take steps to come out of the darkness into the light, God honors that. And we found that... Um, uh, being involved in small groups is an amazing way the Holy Spirit works in people's lives. Uh, to hear other people's stories, to hear how He's, the Lord has broken through his strongholds, is all encouraging someone who's kind of tried to live it on their own for so many years. To have other men pray for you and to know your vulnerabilities and to encourage you to attempt great things for Christ, even though you struggle. Uh, you can't do that alone. You, you have to have help doing that. Uh, the Christian life was never meant for us to live alone. It was meant to live in community. And I think it's in community that people find healing and hope. Yes.
0: Yeah, amen. And one of the works that my wife does is she gets involved in doing some landscaping, taking care of homes, and some people have beautiful homes. We have a very modest one. Um. One of the desires, I, I think it's a, a God-given desire, is, is to... Uh, organize and kind of make the earth beautiful and, and, you know, kind of improve your home. Um, But I also sense a a tendency where people perhaps don't know the Lord yet, and um, it's all based on kind of making heaven on earth, you know, that perfect environment. Um, Have have you found that in some people's hearts and lives where it's all here right now? I'm just going to go for the gusto and have the best, most peaceful possible life, special candles going, everything, but the heart is dark, and it's dead in its trespasses and sins. How many times have we seen that?
1: Oh, we've seen that very often, yes. Um, and it takes really, I think, a breakthrough of the Holy Spirit to want to be different. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, when people take steps to deal with the the ugliness of their heart in these areas, uh it's a bold step to take. A lot of people just <laughs> say it's too, it's too hard. Yeah, uh, but that's also a lot of a reason people don't follow Christ in other ways as well. Mm. And these are some things we teach about too. You asked me a few minutes ago about our website. One of the things you can find on there too are the different uh, educational resources we have as far as uh, helping to teach the church. We have five or six major one-day seminars that we do for churches to help them better understand these issues. Because I tell you, there's so much confusion today out there, Dan, on, on these issues. Yeah. Uh, and the light has kind of gone out, I think, in some of our churches. And I'm talking about conservative ones today, mm. especially in the in the 15 to 35 age group. You know, one of our staff was saying yesterday that 15 years ago, he would go speak to a high school youth group uh, about what we do. And uh, some of them burdened for their gay and lesbian friends at school would say, how can I help them? How can I help them show Jesus? Sure. Today, an increasingly number of people, same kind of subset of high school students, Christian in the youth group would say, what you're trying to do is mean-spirited and bigoted mm-hmm. and wrong. Mm-hmm. So that kind of spirit has has captured the hearts of many of our people.
0: Oh, it's so true. Well, today we've been talking with John Freeman. He is founder and ministry liaison for Harvest USA. And John, one last thing I noticed on your website, uh, you do have some small group resources, uh, two different studies, Sexual Sanity for Women, along with a Leader's Guide, and Sexual Sanity for Men with a Leader's Guide. Yes. So perhaps one of the small group leaders out there has been wanting to uh, pick up this subject and work through it uh, with their folks. That is available for you at harvestusa.org. Uh, one minute wrap up thought, John.
1: Well, can I ask your readers to pray for us? Uh, it's getting harder and harder to speak on these issues because so many people are deceived today. Mm. And we want to help the church and help others biblically understand these problems and issues because they're issues of the human heart. And also to pray that God might provide the resources that we need here. We're a 100% faith based mission here. Mm. Uh, we don't uh, charge for any of the help we give to people. And countless hours we spend on person to person on the phone, we just want to do that for the glory of christ
0: that is so huge i can relate to that as we run redeemer it's it's very similar
1: yes you know what i mean
0: and i know exactly what you're going through so dear listener if you're inclined to help this very worthy ministry HarvestUSA.org, we would encourage you to do so today we've been talking with john freeman uh, brother john thank you for joining us well
1: thank you dan appreciate this
0: And dear listener, this uh, entire episode is up on our website. Check it out. We're found at RedeemerBroadcasting.org. Please join us next week for another edition of A Plain Answer.